Welcome to The Big Interview, season 2017-2018. Before this interview starts, a brief announcement. This season, we're inviting our listeners to join the Big Interview Members Club. In Spanish football, they call them socios, members. They are the lifeblood of the club, de facto owners, and they get special treatment in return. That's how this will work too. Here is everything you can get if you choose to become a socio of The Big Interview for £2.99 a month. You get one extra exclusive Big Interview episode. No one except the socios will hear this. Join now and you'll get Raphael van der Vaart. David Silva. Ah, that's it's a joy to watch. Yeah, that's a joy. That, that goes away. The real number 10s. Mm. Because you have to be like Pogba. Big players, strong, box to box. And I think when you have still players like like me, like uh, Silva, Schneider, Iniesta, mm. I think that's why you're going to buy a ticket. Yeah, for sure. And me too. You get a brand new weekly show. We call it The Big Inside View, where I'll give you my take on what I've learned, seen or heard over the past seven days in football. Socios will also receive bonus shows during the season, including question and answer specials around big events like Classicos. All that for £2.99 a month. Less than a pint, less than the price of your favourite football magazine, less than a match day programme. Go to patreon.com slash Graham Hunter to join us, to sign up now to make this happen. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Graham Hunter. Join us. Make the big interviews bigger. So, this is part one of an interview with Slavin Bilic, recorded at West Ham's pre-season camp in northern Germany. Before I tell you any more about that, thanks to our friend at that club, Max Fitzgerald, for making this one happen, as he has so often before. That said... This becomes a good news, bad news story for outright Hammers fans. Bad news first. I apologise for the lack of chat here about your club and the extraordinary transfer window that they've had. It's because we talked and talked and talked and talked about other things. But at the end, you'll hear the promise we make to come back to him in November and talk to Slavin in depth about West Ham. His time as a player, his time as a manager. The good news? This interview, I'm sure will leave you loving your manager even more than you already do. For everybody else, I think, honestly, this is a rare treat because of Slavin, not me. This is the Bilic of Croatia, the centre-back of the team we all fell in love with at Euro 96 and the team which could have won it all in France two years later. Sukar, Boban, Boxic, Prozineski. You're going to hear about all of them and in microscopic, interesting, colourful detail. Slavin Bilic was truly fantastic company over the course of two hours in a wine cellar in Rottenburg, Germany. Raise your glasses, please. This is vintage and one of the most passionate, insightful guests we've had on the big interview. Cheers. So let me take you back 10 years, nearly 10 years, to Wembley, November the 21st. I want you to, to, to do us a favour and, and give us your eyes in the game when if I'm going to set it up and if I say anything wrong, hammer me and correct me, but then take over. You've won the group. Croatia and England are in the same group. You've won the group. And you Russia, come to London. Yeah. And, Russia. and Russia. So you're already qualified for Euro 2008. You've beaten England, um, I guess, in Zagreb. 
2-0, yeah. We are 2-0. Neville and Eduardo. England go 2-0 down. You're playing freely. Your tactics look good, but you're playing with confidence and relaxation because you're qualified and you're bossing the game. And England and Scotland, can't speak for Ireland and Wales, love nothing better than to be Hail Mary, no hope, 2-0 down, because then... Everything goes out the window and we charge. And we're quite good at that. And it's 2-2. And at 2-2, England are in the tournament. 2-2 puts them through. Now, my question, which has bugged me from then until right now, is if that had been Croatia in the the England shoes, if that had been Italy in the other shoes, if that had been the modern Spain, they'd have closed the game down and said, OK, it's Wembley, we'd like to win, but 2-2 gets us through. Nothing happens after this. But they went for the game. In terms of mentality, openness, tactics, they went for the win, which you have to applaud, except it was wrong. They were open, you won. And I want you, please, to take me, in a coach's eyes, from 2-2. How did that game look and feel to you? Because I thought it was naive and open. Okay, Do you understand me? Yeah, completely. Uh... Uh, well, the thing is, uh, we played that qualifications very good, you know. But it was group of three. No matter that there was Israel and there was Macedonia, who our neighbor, not neighbors, but from ex-Yugoslavia. And it's all—it's always tough games for us. And it were, it was home and away, very tough games. And Andorra, okay. And then so we we played really good, but so were Russia and England. And we were very nervous. We beat Israel home and we thought we are okay. Two games to go. We are okay. We beat them and then Russia beat England. With two games to go, suddenly we have to go to Skopje, to Macedonia and then Wembley. Russia is playing in Israel. Mm -hmm. Israel finished. Mm -hmm. No chance. Mm -hmm. And then they play Andorra. So three points. And England has only one game to play. And that's Croatia, home. They played friendly three days before. If, we, if Russia beats Israel away, and they're going to beat Andorra, they definitely go. First two were going, okay, directly. No playoffs, no whatsoever. If we lose in Macedonia, and if we lose at Wembley more than two goals, which is on a day always okay. possible... Fair point, fair point. We are third. We out after great qualifications. So we, we the whole week preparations before Skopje and then Wembley was like uh, very motivated and very very a little bit nervous, you know. So we went to Skopje and it was pouring rain. The game wasn't supposed to be played. Hmm. And then, but they decided, okay, we gotta play. And half time nil nil, and we heard mm-hmm. at the half time. I will never forget it. We heard that in Israel. Yeah. Israel beat Russia 2-1. And that was over. Game over. We are definitely in. So, anyway. We went to Wembley. First, I remember, at that time, we didn't have a camp like St. George's. Okay. We didn't have a camp in Croatia. We used to do the preparations in Slovenia. On a border, but there. And it was November, as you said, and uh, pouring rain. And I remember us training between Macedonia and Wembley. And I remember pouring rain, a little bit of snow, not greatest pitches or whatever. And then I remember Modric come to me. He was then uh, 
21, 22. Mm -hmm. He came to me like mud on a pitch, everything. He came to me, boss, we can't wait. Can you imagine when we come out on Wembley? You know, we're going to fly. Oh, yeah. And then, so, we didn't have that negative kind of pressure. Mm -hmm. It was my team, and now I can say that, that, and that. But if we, if Russia had beat Israel, it would be totally different game. So let's talk about the game. We completely without any pressure. Mm. In a, all, all, of course, you don't want to get hammered. You're gonna, you want to show yourself in a temple of football, you know, Wembley, you're playing Wembley. But you're liberated. It's a privilege, but you are liberated. You only have that positive kind of a pressure. Yeah. I remember first 10 minutes. England, much better than us. Michael, Michael Richards, Mika Richards played the right back. Yeah. They were like all, all over us. Didn't have a chance, he didn't score, but it was all that. Suddenly, Cruncher, it was wet. Cruncher, good shot from 25 yards or whatever, but keeper should have saved it. 1-0. Okay, puff. England is still very early, like 10 minutes or whatever. Still very early, but but okay, now, now we are a little bit better. You know what I mean? We, we grew mm -hmm. confidence. After 20 minutes, great move from Eduardo and Olic. Great move from Eduardo, Olic run behind them, puff, 2-0. At 2-0, we are best team in the world. <laughs> we always, then we are unbelievable. And then everybody wants a ball. Everybody plays, give me the ball, <laughs> give me. And England goes down. Yeah. We have very talented players. Yeah. At that time on the pitch, you had Cruncher, you have... Modric, you have Srna, you have Olic, you have Eduardo, you have Niko Kovac, Robert Kovac, Simunic. We, we had really a top, top, top team. 2-0. Second half, they put Beckham on. Half pressure, a little bit, not big chance. We had more chances to mm -hmm. score the third one. Didn't? 2-1, after 2-1, suddenly they, they grew. Crouch, I think. A fellow guest on this series, Crouch, yeah. and we talked to him about his technique and learning the curver method. And his goal, apart from making it 2-2, is a beautifully taken... Beautiful. The technique is brilliant lovely. Technique. Brilliant technique. Yeah. Brilliant technique. And so it's 2-2. Maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes to go or whatever. So it's 2-2. We still, we are disappointed, but we are okay. So I would agree with you. Close the game. But you can't close the game. It's not, it's not like when people say close the game. It's also about the opponent. I, I've seen also less, but I've seen many Italian clubs and national teams conceding the goal. But the people don't talk about that. Okay, they can close the game because it's in their nature. Because the fans accept it and all that. But in England, it's not the nature. And by the way, I would agree with you if England, if we have scored the goal from a counter-attack, <laughs> let's okay. say three against, like we scored the second one, Edouard uh, Olic goal, it wasn't a counter-attack. The problem for England in that game is that 72 minutes, uh, like 72nd minutes, they were okay. But the more they needed a goal to ease that pressure out of them, when it came you know what I mean? The, the longer it goes, 2-2, two, two, it's active, it's, in, it's, it's a result that it is, it is enough for them. 
But back in your mind, you think, what if they score? And we are very capable of scoring goals. So we scored, a, that goal was a cracking goal from Petric. It is that, 25 yards left foot, unbelievable. Not, you know, so you can't. It felt to me, okay, so I'm going to take a lesson from the guy who I asked. <laughs> it was your team and, and you know best a thousand times. My question is, in play, it wasn't a counter-attack goal, but in playing and committing, England, I have to say, have never been great at keeping possession of the ball. So in opening and playing, to my eyes, they were beginning to occasionally give the ball away, allow you to be on the ball. If you allow Croatia on the ball, I watched every five minutes, there was just an advance of 10 metres until, okay, England weren't camped back there. But you were playing, you had no pressure. My mentality, if I'm a player out there is, or the manager is, if we let them have the ball, what did happen might happen. And we need to, we need to go to the tournament. I, I just can't figure the balance. I know the context because they were going, it's Wembley, we have to win. There's no honour in a 2-2 draw that takes us to the tournament until you don't go to the tournament. Then there's honour. I, I just didn't. I'm not being. I'm not being aggressive about them. I just think that that's where England, above all, needs an upgrade in mentality. That's. I thought it was a little example of how you go. Maybe this does, does us. Maybe it does. But you know, I haven't convinced you. First of you. all, I don't know what. What. Uh, of course, you slaughtered Steve McLaren. To be fair, I don't know what. What. He should have done different. First, Steve McLaren, you approach the game, but it's a, it doesn't help you if you are England manager. I think you it's lose the, the game. I think it's but, the squad mentality. But, I'm yeah, asking you know what I mean. But first of all, you were without. Is it Rooney? Is it Terry? Is it Ferdinand? Was it you were without five, five or six players who got injured, and then he made two terrific changes at the halftime. He changed the game. Not necessarily playing-wise, because I remember the game. We were still better in the second half. But he put Beckham and he put... Beckham and Defoe? Yeah. Beckham for sure. Beckham for sure. I think Defoe for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Beckham for sure, yeah. And they changed the game. It was 2-2. So to close, first you say, why don't we keep a ball? Take the ball off Croatians. It's, it's impossible to take the ball off us. Because we are, we are, we are or we were really good in that. And uh, I know you, you, and that's about the mentality. You can't. And believe me, it wouldn't be good for English football or British. The great thing about English or British or whatever football is that is still, it's changed. It's changed. But it's still that pureness, like come out and play. Yeah, I remember. I it, Italy is different. In Italy, they are more than happy. Uh, and that's related after to the talk shows, what they are talking about, because they talk the same in pubs, in their coffee shops. They like to talk about he should be three meters inside, <laughs> he should have kicked the ball there and there. In England, they, it's, well, come on, let's play football. Yeah. It changed, but I remember in, in Italy, it's, it's completely... I was many times in, in, uh, at the stadiums in Italy, watching their Serie A games. Like, and, and also, the fans are also like, go back, sit back and all that. I remember myself, uh, it's a good story. I was playing for West Ham. We were struggling. It's season 96-97. We were struggling. 
We are like something like seven, eight games to go. We play home. We are not in a relegation zone, but we are in a relegation battle. We are 15. I don't remember now, but I remember that game because, it, and I very often I, I, I tell that, that that example, that story. We are playing home against Chelsea. Chelsea is very good already. Not, not without Abramovich, without, but with Viali, with Zola, with ah, good, really good. And we need points, and they are much better than us. So we are leading 2-1 or 3-2, I don't remember. Three, four, five minutes to go. So there is a offside kick for us. So I want to take it, but I want to wait some time. Because I come from the country that is also, it's not Italy, but it's, it's not England. So I go, I think like, okay, I'm going to play a long ball in a channel, all right? But I'm going to put the ball down, I'm going to like pretend to play it, and then I'm going to call Ludo Mikloshko from the goal. He's Czech, he also understands. And then Ludo is going to come, and then I'm going to tell Ludo to go back, and then I'm going to take it. So maybe I'm going to get a yellow, but it doesn't matter because we're going to wait some time and rest because we were under pressure. While I was doing that, our crowd, and we are winning, and they, and they are praying for us to win and stay up. Our crowd goes, any chance? <laughs> any chance? Go, you know, that's, that's, but you can't change that. I, you can't switch. For 15 minutes, we're going to be like Italians. You ain't going to be like... And, I've, I've, but this is good. And we conceded the goal. <laughs> but then we scored. I think Michael Hughes scored and we beat them 3-2 or 4-3. I don't know. And the guy who was shouting any chance and, oh, and then saw it 3-3 yeah. said at the end... <laughs> I always knew there'd be a winner. <laughs> I always knew the fourth one was coming. Yeah, yeah. So then, I, all right, okay. Let's let's let the British cavalry character lie for a moment because maybe that's part of what makes us attractive. You you you've won the game. You've won the group, and I want to use a jump here to to bring in something that I feel passionate about because it takes you to Euro 2008, which is a big adventure and fun. My little story is that I'm following Spain and I'm learning and I'm getting to know the players and I'm allowed to live with and travel with the squad in my job. So that was a really gigantic experience in Switzerland and Austria. And Spain go on to win it using the, the, the psychological tactics of this eccentric, idiosyncratic, clever Luis Aragonés who calls opposition players by the wrong names and kisses Fernando Torres on the head and said, I've had a dream you're going to score two goals and calls Sergio Ramos out in front of not only the players, but the media in a break of tradition, which worked. And he does a million things that makes him just seem a little bit old and idiosyncratic and crazy. And the players love it. They're unified. And it, it gives an extra gear to their brilliant football and, and they win the tournament. I'd ask you, does that remind you, and I don't know the answer to this question, of Blazovic, who must have been, you know, we didn't meet him. It's unfortunate we didn't. All we've got is stories of what a coach that I think sounds similar to Aragonés in terms of his ability to get inside somebody's head, his ability to maybe give you an extra edge or to make you laugh or take the pressure off or to put the pressure on. I'm saying things I shouldn't be saying because you should be saying them. 
Do you, when I describe Aragonese and whatever you already knew about Aragonese, that, is my comparison with Blazevich and your experience of him? Could be. Uh, Blazevich is uh, maybe the best example that, that uh, football is not a football manager's job. It's not only about tactics, and the tactics is only one part, very important part. But, and without that part, you can't, you can't be in the game. You have to know it, but that doesn't make you a football manager. Blažević is the best example that, that other things are also as important, and because there are many of them altogether, in accumulation of them, they become more important than only if you know tactics. Why? Because he, he, he was our manager for five years. Uh, okay, I played five years and then I retired. Uh, because of uh, my injury, but then he continued another three years, I think, or whatever, with almost the same generation, and uh, he was perfect coach for us. At that time, and many people in Croatia are saying that, that we used to have, he died a few years ago, Tomislav Ivic. Tomislav Ivic is a coach from my hometown, Hajduk Split, that is, uh, the, the Italians said that he's the biggest coach in Europe, if you are counting the titles in different countries, hmm. Mourinho is uh, is not his pupil, but he also admired them because Ivic was also coach in Porto. Oh, so he won the titles in ex Yugoslavia with Hajduk Split. He won the titles in Ajax Amsterdam, Anderlecht, uh, Porto, uh, Fenerbahce, I think. And he never managed, let's say, in England, because at that time it wasn't like the case that you had. Man but he's top coach, top. But he's tactician, 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 tactician. Press there, press there, one against one here, one against one here. And I, I he's, my, he's from my hometown. And even when he was very old, before he died, when I was still in Croatia as international manager, I used to go to see him to talk football about him because he's also like crazy, could talk, and he talked football 24-7. I used to go with him talking, asking questions and all that. So mm. I admired him. Mm. So many people in Croatia were saying after we became third in the world or whatever brilliant generation that what uh, they... Many people think that if Ivic was our manager... Mm -hmm. Instead of Blazovic. Instead of Blazovic, that we would probably have won the World Cup. I adore Ivic, but I don't think that it would be the case. Because our group was very, very a uh, group of good players, some genius players, but very strong individuals. That, that, uh, that couldn't be trained in a way that, for example, Ivic was training. Listen, you got to move three yards here. Shuker, you have to go on a wing. Shuker would never go on a wing, you know, because he's double Shuker. You can't say many things to Boban or Bokšić or Asanović or Prosinecki, Stimac, or even me, even to me. You had to approach us in a, in, a, in a different way. It doesn't have to be a nice way, because Blažević was also sometimes very cruel to us. But he's the best example... That, that football is not only tactics. When you talked about you have to approach us, Slavin's hands were going like the mix of a magician or somebody who can manipulate the players' heads, and his hands 
are almost as expressive as his words. I remember Blažević. Okay, 96. We were nervous. We were like, we were more than football team. It was after the war. We yeah. were like a team that, we were like ambassadors of Croatia. Many people even in Europe, no, I'm not talking states, I'm not talking United States, they, they didn't know where Yugoslavia is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because of the education or yeah. whatever. Or, no passports, but even, no even Even in, 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 like many Croatians didn't know uh, the difference between Estonia and Latvia. Mm. But when it's about your country, it, you go like, how is that possible, you know? So, many people in Europe didn't know. You were five years old in 96, right? Me. Croatia. Uh, Croatia. Uh, the yes, independence, yes, 91. Yes, 91. Yeah. But 95, uh, we got liberated. The war finished, 95. It was the action called the storm. Okay, so we were a very young country. And we knew that we were, we, we, it's more than a football tournament. And we were good. We were also like... Ferguson said about us that we are dark horses and all that because we had already players. Bokšić, one of the major strikers in Europe, he played for uh, Lazio. At that time, Lazio was with Juventus and Milan there. Schuker playing there, Boban playing in Milan, uh, this one there, this one there, Jarni Juventus. We had a really good team. But we were also, uh, it was first time for us together as a national team. He is us. He, he helped us, Plažević. He was, he was very, very good in that. Incredible. Or World Cup 98. Listen to this. So me and Blažević, we are playing Argentina. Mm -hmm. 98. And me and Blažević, we go to press conference together. Like. And then I, and then he talks. And there are press from Croatia, press from France, press from Argentina. And he goes, listen, at that time, we had Let's say I played 98, I played for Everton. We had all of us played abroad, or 70% of the team played abroad. Some of them played in Croatia still, Hajduk Split or Dinamo Zagreb. Only Boban played for Milan, Schuker played for Real Madrid, Bokšić wasn't at the tournament, he was injured. injured. And I think one more, one more played maybe Juventus, if but I don't think so. All the others are, Jarni was at Betis, Sevilla, the other one was Valencia, Vlaovic, Stimac, Derby County, me, West Ham, Soldo, Stuttgart, Stanic, Parma, uh, Simic, Inter Milan, I think, or Milan. All the Argentinians, they all played in Real, Barcelona, Inter, Milan, that's basically it. Maybe Lazio. All of them, all 22 are <laughs> in the great clubs. Press conference, Blažević goes on there. Let me tell you something. He goes, they have a good team. They have really good team, very dangerous team. But they are players, they don't play for the biggest teams in Europe. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'm a little bit like, what are you talking about? You know, and I, because no. Then he goes, this guy, this guy is the best center back in the world. <laughs> and listen, I know. You're not going to argue then, I are you? I knew that I'm not. I knew that I'm not. And I also know that he knows that I'm not. But it doesn't matter, it's nice. <laughs> it, it, gives you, it gives you that 10, 15, 
That, so he was great in that. You grow, you know, you are, you are, you're like big. So you're, like you're, you're here like to say that it worked. It worked. But, but uh, why does that work? How, how? T- because it's, it's, it's in human nature. It's in human nature. Like, like, it's not only that, that you have to compliment the women. They all want to hear, but it's in human nature that, that you want to hear things that, uh, that no matter that you don't believe in them, it's like, it's nice. And no matter what you know the compliment is, you always, uh, you always believe in it. I think so. You always believe in it. So he would have wasted his time saying to you, move your chair three meters this way and tactically let's look at the audience this way. But if he, and he didn't care that there might be somebody out in the audience saying, no, the message wasn't for the journalist, the message was for you guys. The message was for, no, 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 he, the message was for us because he knew that tomorrow, it wasn't internet at that time or whatever. He knew that tomorrow we're going to open, uh, on a match day, we're going to open the, the press from Croatia that we were getting in France, you know. And, no, you can't mix. Uh, who said, I think, Dostoevsky or whoever said that you can't, you can't, uh, you can't make mistakes with, with compliments. You know what I mean? If you tell them, you know, okay, you can become big-headed or whatever or that, but... but I always want my players or my friends or my family or whatever or myself to be to be confident. It's better to be confident than than to be fair to, than than to be um, doubtful in yourself, you know. So let me put it to you that as as clever a psychologist Blazovich was, the crucial thing was that we've already agreed that he had in his squad four or five geniuses and six more exceptional players, exceptional leaders. So in any way you care, help us. And I'm going to probably give you four names to begin with and then you pick a fifth if you want or make it about your own game and just describe the guy or his style or what made him great. And I'm going to ask you in order about Boban, Shukar, Prosneski and Boxic. So Zvonimir Boban... Tell me something that you remember about why he's so special. A guy, a footballer, a leader, I don't care. Well, I know Boban, he came from a small town in Dalmatia to my hometown, Split. Which is Split. Yeah, because he wanted to join. Well, he joined Hajduk Split when he was only 10. And because he is, I think... uh, He's, uh, he, I was born in September 1968, uh, he was born in October 68. So he came basically to our group, to my group that, that we trained, and we were 10 or 11, I don't know. And he wanted to stay there, but there some some uh, some problems with accommodation for his family. That's why he went to Dinamo Zagreb. Uh, uh, so I know him really, really, really well. First of all, he's he's everything. He's like he's top talent. He's of course he's top player. Uh, he's a very hard worker. He learned Italian. He speaks Italian like like he was. He doesn't speak Italian like I speak English. He speaks Italian like he was as he was born in Italy. Okay, that's a proper compliment. And it takes effort. You know what yeah. I mean. He's yeah, yeah. a workaholic. 
he also, just to describe you, Boban, he also, he finished the university of history after his football career. Well, he didn't need to, you know, when he was a great career, everything. He didn't finish it to find the job. He finished it because he wanted to do something different. And at the end of the day, now, now uh, I adore Boban. Now it's one of Boban is uh, uh, number one advisor of Gianni, in fact, you know, in FIFA for football, number one. So he's, he's, um, he, he's a complete person. As a player... He was, he was our captain. He was with Shuker, of course, uh, our our most recognized player. And uh, what can I say about Did, can I ask He changed his game. Sorry, very important yeah. for Boban. He went from. He went from Dinamo Zagreb to Milan, AC Milan. That was at that time the best team in Europe, mm -hmm. and only three foreign players could play. Yeah. And that was Kulit, Van Basten and Rijkaard. No chance for the fourth one. No, Not even for Romario. You know, no, no chance. He went there, sending him on loan to Bari. After one year, he came back and stayed there. Ten years. Ten years. Changed the way he, he was playing football. Because Boban was, was in Dinamo Zagreb. He was a number ten. He was number ten who... All the managers had to force him to defend. Force him. And then, because he was capable, got legs and everything, was doing that. In Milan, he found out with Capello that he has to change. He's got no chance. He has to change the game. And he became a holding midfielder, basically. Very organized one. Very tough one. With skill, of course. So, brilliant. Brilliant talent. But also, more than anything, brilliant mentality. Because he was able to reinvent himself exactly. and do a job which is almost the reverse of a 10. Exactly. A 10 is supposed to open the can, yeah, but and the position he played that. is to close the can. But it's easy to say that now, yeah, and like many people will say now, oh yeah, yeah, but so what? But can you imagine at that time, you have to work so hard, and there are no guarantees that you're going to, play that position for AC Milan when his other option was probably he could have gone to Sampdoria, Fiorentina mm. or Spain or whatever sure. and play number 10 for and sure. be king take free kicks everything Perfect. so the people you know what I mean the people are like in everything you know what I mean it's hard to describe the 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 toughness of that decision that you have to make. So Boban, in everything that he was doing, he's like he's like he's like a, he's like a role model for the for the new generation. So you, you use the expression a brilliant expression, a complete man, a complete person. Complete, complete. So let me let me <clears throat> change the order of who I was going to ask you about, because if Boban is keeping an administrator right at the top of FIFA about the game, the health of the game that that we all love, our audience loves. Davos Shukar is a complete... I'm going to offer you the chance to say yes or no. A complete man also because he's now in charge of the Federation. The chairman of the FA, yeah. He's keeping your football healthy. But let's start with Davos Shukar. I don't know. The, the first time you know him, the personality. 
what kind of striker, if you make comparisons, what you thought about him as a guy, when you sent the ball to him, what did you expect to happen? Pick anything from the jigsaw Davor. and tell us about Davor. Davor was, without Davor Shukar, you said, and I, I agree with you, that we had four or five genius players. I proceed to get that. Okay, we're going to talk after. We are. <laughs> we're saving but the say, sexy one to last. Let's say, uh, we had few of them, but without our sugar, we wouldn't be, uh, we wouldn't be nowhere near third in the world or whatever. Our sugar scored in one moment, I think it was, when he had 50 caps, he scored 42 goals for us. Can, so can you imagine... Can you imagine the, the amount of of uh, confidence that we had as a team when you are nil nil and you are not happy on when you are trailing one nil and no hey he's gonna score don't worry keep patient 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 he's gonna score he, it's, it's, he scored I had a feeling that he scored all, all the goals for us <laughs> and he was like that natural talent not extremely quick. But but his feeling for space, his feeling for his first touch, his first touch is like I can only compare Zidane and Modric for me. And and okay, but then you can talk about Porcinecki, da, 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 but first touch is, is some opaque. But it's unbelievable. So he would he was not quick like uh, for example, like Bokšić. Bokšić was quick. But you had no chance to block Shukar with his movement. And first touch was so perfect that you were always late. Not always, but... So the difference, to explain Shukar. Shukar played for Dinamo Zagreb. Bokšić played for Hajduk Split. I trained with against Bokšić every day. And because that, you and were Hajduk Split. Made me, for yeah, those that, who don't know. Yeah, that made me much better, much better player. Because every day I had a great test mm -hmm. for three or four years, and I played against Shukar. The difference between two of them, they're totally different kind of players. I don't know who is better. If you ask me, as a centre-back, when you play against Bokšić, he would have slaughtered you, running, dribbling, going left in a channel, whatever, kick you, beat you, whatever. But maybe he wouldn't score. Like Shukar, you would have a good game against Shukar. He, you, you, you could block him, stop him, everything. By the end, he scored a couple. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you think you had a good game. Had, but Because then, maybe you gave him this much space. Exactly. Maybe you gave him a I yard, mean, half a no, yard. No, no, the, you don't give him. He makes it. Okay, beautiful. That's the difference. So, every time I like to talk, I always think about young kids. Unfortunately, I don't think that the kids who are, play, who are starting to play football are are hearing this. You know what I mean? But maybe their parents are. No, when they talk uh, about Shukar, listen, the people, the people think, you know, yeah, he was talented, he was there, God gave him that talent. But like Boban, had to change that game, mm. uh, his game. Shukar had, uh, had to improve his talent. So listen to this. I was already at West Ham. We have qualifications for, for Euro 96. I came to West Ham January 96. So we have a friendly game in March. We already qualified. Shukar is in Sevilla, I think, mm -hmm. in Spain. Correct. He comes to me and he goes to me, uh, uh, 
already at that time you could buy DVDs or VHS tapes like goals from the Premier League season 94, 95 or 93, 94, whatever. And he, he asked me, can you, he asked me, can you buy them to, for, for me? Okay, of course I can. Of course I can. But I go, why? You know, why? He goes, you know. And then, and then it was some, something like that. And then he goes, please buy them to me. And then, after a few weeks or whatever, I asked him, like, how can you be? We are all in the front post, you are the near post. Or when everybody's there, you are somewhere there. And, you score, and the ball comes to you. And he, and he told me then, you know those tapes that you bought for me? I go, yeah. He goes, I watched them. And then he goes, because you know what? When the cross comes from here, I'm going to... It was not exactly like this, but something like this. He goes, when the ball comes from here, 68% of the goals come from here. 15% of the goals come from far post. And I don't know, 5% from goals come from the penalty spot. So I'm going there, where 68% of the goals are coming from. So even with, with God-blessed talents and everything, he had to work really hard to improve that talent. My respect for him has gone up. We, we, I, I used to watch him and, and think that his knowledge, and some strikers are like this, about where to put the ball and when to put it there, I used to see goalkeepers off balance all the time where I got a shot from Davor went across them and I thought maybe that's innate that he has this vision about if I time it now, if I put it at that angle, it doesn't matter how good he is, his body shape or his, I thought but I didn't realise how much work, work also went into it which makes my respect go. Plus after every training, well I don't know... I'd... I didn't play with him in Real Madrid, Sevilla, or whatever. I, I, I never played with Davor in the same team, but mm. I played with him for a national team. Yeah. After every training, of course, he used to stay there with a couple of us or four backs or, or wingers, one goalkeeper, and then... Yeah. Is it 40 or 50 crosses? But it's not five crosses. It's not five or ten crosses. It is, I don't know, 50 or 60 or 40. It's like... Come on, another one, another one, another one, another one. I don't, I don't tell this to you who, work. who know work. him. You know, that's, that's the difference. The people think that it's talent. It is talent, of course. But it's like Tesla, you know what I mean? Like Tesla. It's always the question, uh, okay, Tesla was a genius. He was born genius. All right. And, but he, there's also a thing that he, he was sleeping only two hours per day. So was Tesla because Tesla? of his notes and his yeah, laboratory because of the, and, and he was, because of his passion yeah. to get back and work on his theorem. So why why was he Tesla? What made him Tesla? Would he would have he been Tesla if he was sleeping ten hours? No, I don't think so. No, but I go back to what you say about tactics. You also have to have the the ten percent tactics to go with the hard work. So if he doesn't have the genius, then he could sleep no oh, hours and still. Exactly. It's, you said a word equilibrium. I could have sleep no hours and I wouldn't be Tesla because I'm not Tesla. Yeah. You know, but so you gotta be complete. Mm-hmm. You gotta have it both, and then all of the, all of them, all of them. The biggest difference 
That's my opinion. Maybe I'm totally wrong. My opinion is the biggest is it Tesla, Shuker, Boban, or whoever, or Messi, or whoever. The biggest difference between successful people and more successful people mm. is not talent, it's work rate. They work more. Or that workout can be in, in, in hours, that work and workout can also be in insisting on details because they're so crazy and so, so they want it so much. But the difference is work rate, not the talent. But if you're working, there's always an argument about efficiency and efficacy. So if you're working really, really hard and you're quite efficient in how you're working, but you're not doing the right thing, I, I think that, that idea of hard work, you could see athletes or boxers who run themselves out or spar themselves out. And I'm certain the same thing can happen with footballers. This is not only an opinion, okay. which actually I'm giving to you because I don't know. When you're working that hard as a coach or a footballer, you have to be working intelligently too. Yeah. I the, the hard work, work rate. I said you've got to be complete. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't say it's only... That's, that's another... It's all about balance, like everything in life. It's all about balance. Like, 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 it's very, like, we had a player, everybody knows him, I think, Olic. Yeah. Olic, Bayern Munich, great, my player in the national team and all that. Olic was not talented in a way that people in Croatia uh, 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 think that talent means. In Croatia, you are talented if, if you... If you tunnel the people, if you nutmeg people, if you can do funny things, but... They call it fantasy sometimes. Exactly. The talent in Croatia means only skill. Only skill. Because in Croatia they go like... Not only Croatia, but they, they go, look, oh, I have a guy. He's, I saw a guy, he's 15. He's so talented, but he's slow. For me, uh, pace is also uh, a part of talent. So, when we talk about that... Many times when Olic was playing on television, and he that's Champions League, for example, final scoring Bayern, the, the winner um, against Manchester brilliant United, brilliant player, exactly, scoring against Germany. I bet too. you that in that game against Man United, the commentators were saying, like, <laughs> look, look what you can achieve by only working hard. And I'm thinking that's very, very heavy sentence because then I was imagining because I always imagine kids I was imagining father sitting with his son his son is 10 11 and he watches Olic playing for Bayern Munich biggest stage ever Old Trafford and the father thinks look son tomorrow morning I'm gonna get you to to football school and only listen only if it's only down to you if you train every day you're gonna gonna be like college you ain't gonna be like college. exactly you ain't gonna be so it's when i say it's about the balance you have to have it both so we've done a lot of things um slavin in, in this podcast series but we've never had dostoevsky on 352 or, or tesla on the electricity of beautiful passing movements so already thank you <laughs>
The Big Interview is produced by Backpage and me, Graham Hunter. The music you always hear, the music that you love, is Beer Jacket. You can keep up with everything that we do, within reason, by getting on the mailing list at grahamhunter.tv. How many times do I have to tell you? Yes, several thousand of you have done it, but come on, slackers at the back, sign up. That grahamhunter.tv site is also where you can buy the new updated version of my book, Barca, the making of the greatest team in the world. It's my account of the Guardiola era at the Camp Nou from 2008 until 2012, plus Tito, Tata and Adios Johan Cruyff. It is in all good bookshops now, but it does also make a big difference to all of us who've worked on the project if you choose to buy direct at grahamhunter.tv forward slash books. You'll be sure to get the new edition and you will be helping us to continue producing independent content. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being there. Without you, this would be fun, but a lot less fun. See you soon.